What it do, everybody? We are back for College Gridiron Week 9, I think. I've lost track of the weeks, but I'm pretty sure it's Week 9. Nick DeLuca it's week is nine. across from me. It's Week 9. That's him. I'm Jimmy Sullivan. Nick, I imagine coming into today that you're doing a little better than I am. I would have to think so, right? I, I did not have my soul crushed over the weekend, which I think is what happened to you. I'm not positive how you're reacting to the news and the the events that transpired this weekend, but I would have to assume that I'm in a better mood than you are today. First of all, I'm going to say this before I get angry. College football is the best because these things happen. And what we're referring to is the Wisconsin-Illinois game. So, as you know, I am a Wisconsin fan, and I was really getting excited for this Ohio State matchup this week. The lesson in this is don't count your eggs before they hatch. And Wisconsin went and played Illinois, who is bad, and they lost. They were a 30.5-point favorite, and they lost. Jack Cohen threw an absolutely terrible interception with about three minutes to go. They were up by two. They were going to win the game, and he threw a pick. God knows why. Illinois kicks a field goal at the end of the game to win it. Um, they got a couple key touchdowns on third downs, but it was just it was really gross. Um, a terrible effort by Wisconsin. Yes, they should have won that game, but they shot themselves in the foot one too many times. Credit to Illinois. Credit to Lovey Smith. Say whatever you want. You're a 30-and-a-half point favorite. In the Big Ten, you're going to Illinois. Nobody's had any issues with Illinois in, in the last couple of years. And you go there and you lose. You lose. It's terrible. That, that is an awful performance by Wisconsin. There's always one of those per year. Last year was against BYU. 2017, they didn't have any until they got to the Big Ten title game. And then they played Ohio State pretty well, and they lost. You know, 2016, they played a couple close games, and they wound up with two losses, and they had a three-touchdown lead in the Big Ten title game, and they lost. They have one or two of these every year, and it's infuriating, and they did it again to Illinois, and anyway, I just had to get that off my chest because I'm mad, and I'm angry also because the best game of this weekend would have been Wisconsin-Ohio State, and now that is no longer, that is reduced to a big noon spectacle in which Ohio State will probably win by three touchdowns. That's all I had to say. So I understand your sentiment of not counting your eggs before they hatch, but I, I think the message from this game is that Lovey Smith is inevitable. <laughs> Dread it, run from it, destiny arrives all the same. No, it's it's really unfortunate because as a fan of college football, I was just kind of disappointed to see Wisconsin lose because this is a, a team that I thought showed some promise, but I was really looking forward to seeing them play an undefeated Ohio State in a big matchup uh, this weekend. So it is unfortunate, but that's that's a really that that's a terrible loss. I mean, yeah. the, the, what you said, everything is correct, and and it's just difficult to fathom that. I may take it a step further and may make you feel a little bit better, but you know how I'm on the record at getting after Michigan and how bad that Shea Patterson is. By the way, Brandon Peters transferred from Michigan because he couldn't beat out Shea Patterson. So that's how bad the quarterback for Illinois is. He was 9-21 to and 174 yards. So the, that's just – it's it was really just a sloppy game, right? Cohen with the crucial interception, and I think at the end of the day – Wisconsin's defense didn't play as well as we're accustomed to seeing it play. They gave up a little bit more than we're used to seeing. And Wisconsin's offense, as it largely has been for most of the year, it's been a liability. And this time they made one too many mistakes. They threw throw the crucial interception. You go back to it because it's just it was mind-blowing that they're throwing the ball in that situation, uh, maybe to begin with, but certainly that decision. So... 
it's just it's a really difficult result for a Wisconsin team that I think had really high expectations, especially with the way they started. But it's it's really it's it's really just unfortunate, I think, for college football in general that this happened because I was looking forward to a big matchup. We only get a few of those a year. This was one of them that was going to be in the conversation. We're going to get Alabama and LSU a little bit later. So I was hoping that this matchup would have a little bit more on the table than just um, you know Wisconsin with a chance to to play spoiler. I think this game also showed what happens when defenses try to stop Jonathan Taylor and not that other defenses weren't but also like Wisconsin's quarterback position is you know not very good it, ha- it hasn't been good you know the last really good quarterback they had was Russell Wilson and, and since then it's been a liability they, they tried Davey O'Brien please they had Joel Stave okay then it was Alex Hornibrook and I'm probably skipping somebody there but it was Alex Hornibrook bad and Jack Cohen not great and and when you don't have that continuity and also just flat out talent at the quarterback position um you you depend a lot on other parts and when those other parts are are stopped or held in check I mean Jonathan Taylor was held in check he wasn't necessarily stopped he had over 100 yards but you need more out of those positions and the the quarterback position they just have not recruited well and Alex Hornibrook is now at Florida State god bless and Jack Cohen is here at Wisconsin and he's okay He, he doesn't thrill anybody and I don't think in 2019 college football, I don't think you can win a national title with a game manager anymore. I just don't think that's the case. I mean, A.J. McCarron was a game manager at least in 2011 when they beat LSU. But I think this sport has changed so much since then that I just don't see that as as a way for you to win a national title because I just don't think it's viable. And, and I don't think that teams are bad enough offensively to let you do that anymore. And And I think Wisconsin showed that because at the quarterback position, they've kind of been a mess over the last almost 10 years. I think that playing with the defense leaves you with such little room for error, and I think that's the biggest issue, right? Because you look at the statistics for Illinois in this game, 315 total yards, especially in today's landscape of college football, isn't bad. That's not a bad performance, right? 174 yards through the air and 141 on the ground. That's not – that's not – that's certainly something you're going to live with. That's fine. But when your offense can't do anything, and in particular when they turn the ball over, crucial interception, two fumbles earlier in that game, you you have to play a perfect game. Whereas if you're offensive reliant, and in particular if you have a, a stud quarterback the way that Alabama and LSU have won this year, you have a little bit more room for error. Because you know what? If my defense doesn't get it done, I know my offense can go drive right down the field and score a touchdown. And you know what? If my offensive line isn't having a good day, well, I know that Joe Burrow or Tua can roll outside the pocket, evade, and and still make the requisite throws to win a game. So I think it just becomes really difficult when you don't have that quarterback, and it's the NFL conversation that's becoming increasingly more of the college conversation. I think it's really difficult, and not even about the quarterback in this case, but just the offense. When you don't have the offense, I think it, it, your margin for error is almost zero, and Wisconsin made too many mistakes against an Illinois team that we didn't think was going to put up a fight, but they did, and that's that's how you lose to Illinois. That's how you lose to good teams because you're just your your margin for error is little, especially against teams that are supposed to be inferior. So that 
is our discussion of Wisconsin, a terrible loss, and and I think it's going to be two in a row for them. We'll talk about it more later as they get ready to play Ohio State. Uh, let's stay in the Big Ten here. Michigan-Penn State, actually, I think a better game than both of us kind of anticipated. Michigan falls behind three touchdowns in the first half because, of course, they do. But they come back. Zach Charbonnet, a couple touchdowns for them. Ultimately falls short 28-21. I don't think either of us were expecting them to be this competitive, and they weren't in the first half, but credit to them for being able to come back. But another tough loss for Michigan, and Penn State stays undefeated, and now they have to start looking at a playoff discussion and trying to win out and maybe be that representative in the Big Ten to to try to go to the college football playoff. Yeah, a little bit more credit than I'm used to giving to Jim Harbaugh here, especially when they fell behind 21-0 in the first half. I thought, okay, here we go again. And largely it was a here-we-go-again situation, but at the same time, I thought things were going to unravel in the second half. They did not. They played well in the second half, and they made a game of it. That said, it's another big game that Jim Harbaugh didn't win. So we'll take that for what it's worth. Penn State, I think you're in the conversation. Now, they still have some room to to get to where they want to go. They got to play a little bit better, particularly in the second half. I thought their defense against a Michigan offense that isn't very good wasn't as good as I expected them to be, but they made the plays, so we'll see. But I, I was actually impressed with the way Michigan played a little bit better than I expected. Penn State, some room to grow, but at the same time, I, I, I like the win and I like where they're headed. I think for Michigan, I don't think we learned a ton of new stuff about Michigan. I think they're about what we thought they were. I think their defense played a lot better than I thought they would after going down 21 nothing, Because like you said, in the second half of that game, I was like, oh, this is this is Wisconsin all over again, if not worse. And they held it together. They only give up seven points in the second half. So, so they deserve credit for that. Um, Jay Patterson wasn't great, and he hasn't been great. He never is. He never is. Uh, the rushing game, 41 rushes total for 141 yards. 3.4 per run, that's not going to do it. Um, and and I don't think we learned a ton new about Michigan, but I, but I think we learned that they can be competitive in these games. And, and that was the fear after they lost at that Wisconsin game. We said, oh, well, this, this team could be 7-5. and five. This team's not that good, and, and they might not be able to compete with Penn State and Ohio State and, and Wisconsin and Notre Dame, who they're playing this week. And, and they did that, and they do deserve credit for that. But Jim Harbaugh now in big games, it, this is a, a capital T thing. He, he just has not been good in, in a lot of these games, whether it's Michigan State or Penn State or Wisconsin or Ohio State. He hasn't really beaten those teams, especially away from Ann Arbor. He, he has a miserable record of, of big road games at Michigan. He basically hasn't won any, except for maybe one year they played Michigan State on the road, which which was a big game in the context of, of keeping their season alive, but it was not a big game in terms of Michigan State being good. So I think uh, that's the next step for Jim Harbaugh. And we were talking before the show about the rumors, and doesn't mean they're necessarily true because they were on Twitter, but the rumors that Jim Harbaugh might be working on an exit strategy for Michigan. And I think that's interesting because if he's taking that decision upon himself to start looking at it as a point of view of, hey, you know, maybe we should figure out a way to try to get out of this, um, I don't think that bodes well. For Michigan, and I also, to an extent, um, don't think it bodes well for Jim Harbaugh because he's saying in year five, he's saying um, this isn't good. I need to get out of this, and and I think that tells you something about Jim Harbaugh that I don't think is necessarily positive. But uh, there were the rumors that he's working on his exit strategy. I just saw another stat that he is now, uh, I think, one in ten against AP top five teams at Michigan, and that 
is not going to cut it under any circumstances, and that is certainly, Nick, what they not what they hired him to do. No, not at all. And so the report came out yesterday that he was exploring an exit strategy. I saw that. And he wrote a letter to Michigan parents today, and I, I'd like to share it. It says, Dear parents, I'm reaching out to let you know that recent claims that I am pursuing an exit strategy are total crap. It's a, this, this is word for word. It's an annual strategy driven by our enemies to cause disruption to our program and to negatively recruit. By the way, I don't even have an agent or representative. I am committed to your sons, their education, and their development as football players and people. Please excuse the informality of this letter, but I felt it was important to get this out to you as quickly as possible. Feel free to reach out if you have any questions. Happy to discuss. Go Blue, Jim Harbaugh. Attacking the notes app with enthusiasm previously unknown to mankind <laughs> well it's I, I guess that's your answer right it's total crap no i i don't think it's total crap excuse my language here but I, he's i i think he should go i mean i think that's really the the where the situation boils down to i think he's got to get out i think it's best for both parties that he gets out and i wouldn't be surprised it depends i think on if there are enough nfl jobs that are open where he may get an opportunity. I think it's kind of a weird landscape in the NFL, too, where you've got a lot of bad teams, but some teams that are committed to the rebuild and that there actually may not be as many jobs open as you would think with a couple of the teams like Miami and Cincinnati, both teams who have been absolutely awful. They're 0-7 or 0-6, whatever it is. Flores and Zach Taylor are both not going anywhere. So it's a little bit odd landscape, but I think if there is a job open and, and someone does show interest in Jim Harbaugh, I would be very surprised to see him stick at Michigan because I think Michigan knows it's not working. I think Jim Harbaugh knows it's not working. And I think that this year or maybe the year after that, I, I think that it might be time to, to try something else. Just out of curiosity, this is kind of off topic. Where can I reach out to Jim Harbaugh? Is that like an email, a phone number? <laughs> I think the notes I'd app, like right? to. Uh, maybe next week we'll call him. We'll, we'll plug him into Have the phone the and lock there him in. Go. Yeah. Um, no, I... I, I I agree with that, but I, I think the NFL, honestly, the the direction the NFL is going, the direction the college is going, I don't know if he can get an NFL head coaching job. I mean, you see that offense. This is like 1980. I, and, I think that's yeah. legitimate criticism. And I think no NFL team, or there, there's only a couple NFL teams that would do that. And honestly, you know, with, with all the spread and the shotgun, you barely see quarterbacks under center anymore. Meanwhile, here's Michigan going I formation, you know, heavy three tight end formations that teams just don't do anymore and and i think that's gonna be the problem for him because if he wants to he can do it his way that's fine probably not gonna win very much but you could do it like that the problem is that's not the direction the nfl is going and and honestly you saw the last nfl head coaching cycle right who are the guys that were hired mostly it was spread offenses you know also the factor of do you know sean McVay that helped too <laughs> but it was a lot of spread offenses younger guys offensive minded guys that's not really Jim Harbaugh anymore. You know, that was him 10 years ago. That was him when he was at Stanford with Andrew Luck. But, you know, he goes to the 49ers for four years, and, you know, he, he brings in a guy like Colin Kaepernick, and they run the read option. Everybody's like, whoa, read option. Next year, what happens? They figure it out. You know, he goes to Michigan, and they play tough, hard-nosed football, and everybody's like, wow, this is really impressive. What happens in year three or four? Everybody else figures it out. And it's the same thing over and over again because, frankly, this Michigan team, you know, with all the losses on defense, they hadn't recruited very well, and that's on Jim Harbaugh, and there's a lot of legitimate criticism there. And honestly, if there's a divorce here after the season, I'm not 
sold on the idea that he's just going to land on his feet with an NFL job or he might get another college head coaching job because there are plenty of ADs who will just hire based on the name, especially at like a smaller school, maybe not in a Power 5 conference. But I, I don't think the NFL is going to come calling for him like they did a few years ago when he was back at Stanford because I don't think he's viewed as that pioneer, that avant-garde type guy that he was when he was back at Stanford and frankly kind of had the handcuff of Andrew Luck to help him out as well. Yeah, and I think it's it'll it'll be interesting. It depends on, on what the landscape is in terms of a school that might want to hire him because – it also depends on how Michigan looks at themselves, right? Does Michigan and its board of trustees and the athletic director of the athletic department say, we're okay with what Jim Harbaugh's done because maybe what I think they expect is is not what they expect. If they're content with winning nine and ten games every year, then that's that's good. And and look, they're much better since Jim Harbaugh's been there, since you know, since he's been there than they were before he got there. Right? So I think that's something to take into consideration. But to say that they weren't expecting to be better than they are would be a lie. They yeah. really, I, I believe that they thought that this was going to be a guy who was going to go toe-to-toe with the, the program that Urban Meyer was running at Ohio State, would certainly have been in a Big Ten title game by now, and and they should have been in the playoff. That Those are the expectations. So maybe it, it, it's more about the guy that you're bringing in to replace Jim Harbaugh than getting rid of him just because you want to get rid of him. But it's not working. They're not winning big games, and I wouldn't be surprised. I think the point you you bring up about him just automatically getting an NFL job, I think that's absolutely reasonable criticism as well because he is not running the type of offense and is not the type of coach that teams are taking chances on right now. Now, maybe the track record and some teams will throw back the clock a little bit, but he is not Cliff Kingsbury. And he is not Adam Gase. He is not, I hate to even bring his name up on the show, but he's not these types of offensive minds who are running the spread, who are running this newer types, these newer types of offenses. And, uh, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens going forward. But I would not be opposed if I'm Michigan to looking elsewhere. As you mentioned, Adam Gase's name, a ghost appeared in the corner <laughs> of our room here. No, um, Scary stuff, isn't it? It is, yeah. That's wild. It's crazy how that happens. Anyway, um, yeah, so that's it's interesting to see what will happen with Jim Harbaugh after the season. But let's stay on Michigan. They've got another big game this week. They are home for Notre Dame. Uh, the spread and the line, whatever you want to call it on this game, has kind of been all over the place. Right now it's swung back to Notre Dame. This was a big game last year that Michigan lost, and it was kind of the difference between Notre Dame making the playoff and Michigan making the playoff uh, because Notre Dame came in undefeated, and, and Michigan wound up having the two losses, so it didn't matter. But uh, this is a big game. It was at South Bend last year. This year it will be in the big house in Ann Arbor. Uh, I think this game is going to be competitive. Uh, I saw good stuff out of Michigan last week, at least in terms of making this a game. I still think Notre Dame's better, and we'll talk about this a little more now, but I like this Notre Dame team. They were competitive with Georgia. Yes, maybe that game has taken a little bit of a hit now that Georgia's lost, but I I think this is a very solid Notre Dame team. I think they're a top-ten team in the country, and I think they should be the favorite heading into this game, even though it's on the road and even though it's kind of a tough matchup going in to play Michigan. Two of my favorite teams, right, Michigan and Notre Dame? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Well, I guess my answer has been determined by the the sentence that you said a couple seconds ago, which was Michigan and big game. So I think that kind of tells you what's going to happen, right? But I I was impressed with the way Notre Dame played against Georgia. I think they are a good team. I don't think that they're necessarily in the playoff conversation. I think that's where my beef comes 
with Notre Dame. I just don't think that they're in that upper echelon with the Alabamas, with the Georgias, although Georgia again, right? But uh, with the Alabamas, with the Georgias, the Clemsons, the LSUs this year. But they're certainly better than Michigan, and that to me is not much of – I think the, the, the one-point spread is a little bit low to me. I would expect Notre Dame to win by a touchdown, maybe two. I, I think Notre Dame could come in here on the road and really take it to Michigan because, again, I just have no confidence that Michigan can score against a competent defense. I really don't. And, look, Penn State, stuff didn't go great for them in the second half. I just – there's no way if Michigan like what's the ceiling for Michigan if if everything goes according to plan they're going to score 21 points that they, they they have to 24 win. points they have to win this game 24 14 they're you're not, not holding you're Notre not Dame. holding yeah. Notre Dame to to 14 points yeah there's just there's just no way there is no way they can score enough unless Notre Dame goes crazy with turning the ball over which Ian Book hasn't shown a propensity to do 14 touchdowns two interceptions on the year Notre Dame's a good team and Michigan, in my opinion, isn't. So I just don't think with that offense um, that they are going to sniff scoring enough to beat Notre Dame. I think if there's a quarterback in this game that's going to have a propensity to turn the ball over a lot, it's Shea Patterson now. Yeah. Yeah, um, and he hasn't turned the ball over a ton, in fairness. He also just hasn't been good. Um, I, I will say this is a counterpoint uh, uh, against Notre Dame, if you will. They've played really three maybe four legit teams this year, right? Louisville, they got pushed around early on. Georgia was the loss. Virginia gave them a pretty competitive game. USC gave them a very competitive game. So every time Notre Dame has played, you know, a legit Power 5 team, they've gotten a game. Uh, Michigan, I think, is probably better than all of those teams except Georgia. Uh, and we've ragged down Michigan, but, you know, they're there is a certain floor there, right, that you expect. that They're like a 7- or 8-win team. Yeah. That's, that's the basic assumption. Um, so this is, outside of Georgia, the best team Notre Dame has played this year. So I think that is something to watch for, and I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan wins this game. I have to go with Notre Dame, though, because their offense has been able to put up yards and score points. Ian Book having quietly a really nice season. Uh, they run the ball well. They run the ball at least better than Michigan. Um, and I think their defense has also been much improved. They were young in that first game against Louisville, and that was a rough game for them in the first half. They looked bad. Uh, and it's just that Louisville is not good enough to capitalize on Notre Dame's ineptitude defensively. But I think their defense is going to hold Michigan down, and and also it's a matter of just Michigan doing it to themselves. Because I don't think Michigan, in this type of game, you know, if they have to score 31 or 35 points, like you said, are they capable of it? I don't think they are. And, and they're capable of it against lesser opponents. We've seen them score 40 and 50 points against, what, Middle Tennessee, who they played the first week of the year? So that doesn't count. And I think that um, I think Notre Dame's going to go in here and, and get a, a tight win. It'll be a close game late. I'm not going to be stunned if Michigan wins, but I think Notre Dame's going to go in here and get the win. And by the way, these are two teams that with head coaches that are kind of trying to break that bad in big games label. Brian Kelly has that to an extent at Notre Dame. Jim Harbaugh really has it now at Michigan. And so something has to give here, right? And I honestly think Notre Dame is just a tick better in a lot of different areas, and I think it'll be a close game. It'll be competitive, but I'll I'll go 24-21 Notre Dame, and I think they have enough to get the victory. I, I would go 31-21, but I, Michigan, I think, as you point out, would have an opportunity to win this game, but it has to be coupled with two or three turnovers, I think. they Two or three turnovers that put them in good position because – I just think their offense against Notre Dame's defense that's not the best in the country but is good, 
I just do not have any confidence in Michigan's offense to move the ball against them, and it, it will not will not happen unless Notre Dame turns the ball over in a way that they have not so far in this year. I said it before. I started to say it. I'll say the complete uh, stat now. Jim Harbaugh, after last week, is now 1-10 versus AP Top 10 opponents, 0-8 as an underdog. He might go in as both this week. Doesn't bode well for him. Let's move on to another game. Uh, frankly, I'm more excited for this game. I think this is the best game of the weekend, and that is Auburn LSU. They will be playing in Death Valley, where opponents' dreams go to die. Go Tigers! <laughs> um, that is a 3:30 game. LSU comes in as a healthy favorite. Auburn comes in with the one loss to Florida. LSU is still undefeated. They beat Florida. Columbus Day weekend. Uh, I believe LSU had a bye last week. I'll check on that to make sure. But LSU comes in as the number two team in the country, and this is – no, they did not. They beat Mississippi State. Shows you how memorable that game was. Um, Sorry, Joe Moorhead. (laughs) Sorry. um, Totally forgot about that. But anyway, um, this is the last hurdle for LSU before they take on Alabama, who might not be at 100% for that game. But this is a good Auburn team, and I think this is going to be a solid matchup. And uh, I I personally, even though I think LSU is going to win, I don't think Auburn's getting enough credit in this game. And I think this is going to be a much more competitive game than uh, than maybe the odds makers or the prognosticators are going to give it credit for at this point in the week. I think this is an interesting game because it looks a lot like Wisconsin playing Illinois, and, and let's not compare Auburn to Illinois for any other reason other than their colors are the same. But th- this, this is a classic trap game, I think, and I'm not going to pick Auburn to win, certainly. I think LSU has done almost everything with flying colors so far this year. And if Joe Burrow continues to play the way he's played throughout this year, I don't I don't think that LSU should have trouble in this game, particularly with it being at home. But Auburn's a legitimate team. And now Bo Nix going forward, getting some more experience playing in these hostile environments. Again, it is in Death Valley, so that is a different animal. But he's played in a few of these big games. I think he can play a little bit better. I think the 10.5-point spread is a little much. I think this game will be much closer than that. But at the same time, I don't think you can pick against LSU. Even though Auburn is a very good opponent, LSU has to be careful about looking forward to Alabama. But I think Coach O can get them in the right frame of mind. And I just don't know that Auburn has enough on offense to to make it work with the way that LSU can put up points. I think this game is going to be competitive because of Auburn's defense, which is really good. Um, Auburn's defense arguably better than LSU's, which <laughs> you never thought you would say going into nope. the season. LSU was always this defensive juggernaut, and they would they would win games thirteen to ten if they had to. Um, the, it's kind of different this year, where Auburn's offense almost in some ways has lagged a little bit behind. LSU's offense has been the best in America by any measure, which is again stunning. But they're averaging fifty points a game. Um, I think this is going to be lower scoring. I think this is going to be an adjustment for LSU's offense. The problem is I just trust Joe Burrow more than I trust Bo Nix. Um, Joe Burrow is probably the best quarterback in the country to this point in the season, probably the Heisman frontrunner at this point. Bo Nix is still very um, green. He's very wet behind the ears. Uh, Joe Burrow is a guy who's got 29 TDs, three picks. It's hard to go up against that. Uh, LSU's got enough of a running game as well. I think their defense makes enough stops against Auburn and Bo Nix, and I, I think they get the victory. I think it'll be a one-score game. I would say probably 31-24, something in that vein, but I, I like LSU. And I think LSU right now, with Alabama's injuries, this is a bit of a hot take. I think LSU's the best team in the country right now. With Alabama not at full strength and with the issues that they're having, at least with Tua and some some other guys as well, I think LSU right now 
even with their defensive issues, most talented and best team in the country right now with health and everything else factored into it. No, they're a really good team. I don't know if I'm going to go that far. I don't know that we have to because we're going to get the game in a couple of weeks, so we don't necessarily need to hash that out, right? But I just find it hard to believe that Auburn, even as good as their defense is, there's no way they're holding LSU under, say, four touchdowns. So LSU is going to score their points, and I just don't think that Bo Nix is going to be able to lead the Auburn offense to, to match what LSU and Joe Burrow is going to do. So I, I think it is going to be closer, as you mentioned. I might go maybe 35-24, 35-28, but it, it, it'll, it'll be a closer game than I think people are giving it credit for, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Auburn make it a game into the fourth quarter. Yeah, I, I think that's what's going to happen too, and, and I think Auburn's a good team. I think Auburn's a very good team. They're just playing all the wrong teams at all the wrong times, yeah. and when you're in the SEC West, you have a murderous schedule where – Eight and four in the SEC West is a real achievement with some of those teams like A and M and Alabama and LSU and Auburn, um, and that's what makes the task so hard when you're one of those other teams. But Auburn's going to make this a game, but I just don't think they have enough. Like you said, Nick, and then the final game we'll touch on it quickly just before we go here. Uh, Wisconsin Ohio State. I really don't want to talk about it too much, um, but Ohio State's going to win. Um, they are a 14 point favorite. Justin Fields has been incredible since transferring over there. Um, FPI gives Ohio State a basically 84% chance of winning this game, which is incredible. But hey, when you lose to Illinois, these things happen. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is the best running back in the country. The problem is that uh, Ohio State's going to try to stop him, and they will hold him to a reasonably low uh, rushing yards total, I think. And they're going to play it the same way Illinois played it. And Jack Cohen's going to have to win Wisconsin the game, which I don't think he can do. And I think Ohio State walks out there with a not an easy victory, but a a fairly uh, simple and uh, business-like win over Wisconsin. Yeah, the difficulty is that Ohio State is really talented defensively, and that's that's the thing. Wisconsin, you know they're going to play good defense, but as we were talking about with this LSU and Auburn game, I just don't think it's reasonable to think Wisconsin's going to hold Ohio State under four touchdowns. I just think that, that Ohio State's offense is really, really good. Maybe four touchdowns, 24 points I think is, is a fair – maybe I'll, I'll back off of four touchdowns, but we'll, we'll go three and a half for your line. The point is that I don't think Wisconsin can put up 24 points on Ohio State, so I think it's going to make it a, a, a challenge for Wisconsin. I think mentally it's difficult to then to, to rebound after losing to Illinois in the way that they did – and focus up on Ohio State. They're going to have to find a way. I think this game's going to be closer as well than the spread would indicate. I don't think it's going to be, you know, I don't think Ohio State's going to run away with it necessarily. I think it'll be, you know, I would expect Wisconsin to cover the 14-point spread. To expect Wisconsin to win on the road I don't think is accurate, but at the same time I think it's going to be a little bit closer than people give it credit for. But at the end of the day, Ohio State is going to walk out of there with a win. Yeah, I'm a prisoner at the moment. I think Ohio State's going to cover that and and get the win. I I just want to go over Ohio State's defense real quick before we go here. Uh, Chase Young, by the way, maybe the best player in the country. He might be the number one pick yeah, next year. Really, maybe good. number two because maybe number two only because of but yeah, who's he's probably. One, I agree, yeah. he's the best player in the country. Probably the best player in the country. But Ohio State's defense in the first uh, seven games they have played this year. Against FAU, they gave up 21 points. And then after that, shutout against Cincinnati, 10 allowed to Indiana, gave up five to Miami of Ohio, which is really three because of the safety, gave up seven to Nebraska, 10 to Michigan State, and three to Northwestern. Uh, They're not going to give up very many points. That's the point of that, and their defense is good enough to try to win them a national title. I don't think they're up there with the Alabamas and Clemsons of the world, but I think they're good enough 
to try to do that. But, Nick, great show as always. And this time next week, we may have a one versus two matchup, and we might just have to devote the entire show to it. It better be because I'm not interested in talking about these upsets again. Let's go LSU. <laughs> let's go Alabama. Give the people what they want. We want a great matchup next weekend. Al- Alabama's got a bye, I believe, but LSU's got the big game with Win the Auburn. bye, Alabama. Win the bye. <laughs> Where opponents' dreams come to die. For Nick DeLuca, I'm Jimmy Sullivan. Also, Alex Wolves was shadowing our show. Shout out to Oregon last week. Big win over Washington. I said I told him I was going to say that. There you go. There. Had to get it in. All right. Anyway, College Gridiron, week nine in the books. Thanks for listening.